Thank you for downloading from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Ravi Zacharias and the team at www.rzim.org. How do you defend the gospel of the New Testament and specifically the Trinity in that God the Father, our Heavenly Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, are all separate entities, yet they are one being. Welcome back to Just Thinking with Robbie Zacharias and the rest of the RZIM team. How do you explain the Trinity? It's a question that many people struggle to answer, or at least try and avoid. But how does Robbie handle it? Hear the answer to that and other tough questions today in the series titled Weber State Q&A. Here's Robbie. Yes, sir. You've been called the C.S. Lewis of our time. And I after... feel uh, C.S. Lewis must be turning in his grave over this thing. You know, <laughs> you're very kind. Thank you. Um, in a world of political correctness right. and with a full all-out assault on Christianity, um, the Jesus of the secular world has been reduced to a prophet a teacher or even a good man. Yet as C.S. Lewis pointed out in Mere Christianity, a good man would not claim to be God. That's right. Um, Jesus claimed to be God. Right. He claimed to be the, he was the I am of the Hebrew Torah. That's correct. And when confronted with being a good master, he replied, why callest thou good? There is none good but one, that is God. So Lewis asserted that Jesus did not leave open to our interpretation who he was. He was, he was either a liar and has pulled off the most massive deception in the history of the world. He was a lunatic, or he was Lord, the one true God of the universe, Mm. Um, which was the conclusion that C.S. Lewis came to. That's right. Um, You said that uh, you would always defend the gospel, and uh, I would assume that that is the New Testament understanding. I say that because in this room, the gospel has different meaning to different people. Um, I defend the gospel of the New Testament, yet I struggle sometimes with my LDS friends because Jesus was called the Son of God and he prayed to his heavenly Father. So um, last night you briefly mentioned the Trinity. My question is in two parts. How do you defend the gospel of the New Testament and specifically the Trinity in that God the Father, our heavenly Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, are all separate entities, yet they are one being. And the second part of my question is... (laughs) (laughs) Where is C.S. Lewis when we need him? (laughs) (laughs) The second part of my question is, does the Trinity meet your standard or the standard of absolute truth? All right, well, we can be here the rest of the evening. Um, I have to, let me respond in a couple of ways. First of all, I'm always very flattered when somebody wants to compare me or anyone else to C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis is what you'd call sui generis, one of a kind. You know, he was just, um, I, I would not be fit to tie his shoelaces. Frankly, the man was just so far, so brilliant in his philosophical thinking and that's why he's the longest surviving apologist. Uh, but thank you for your kind words. I certainly aspire to that kind of excellence. 
and my colleagues here, all of my teammates are all lovers of Lewis. Um, in terms of what is, uh, how do I defend the gospel? What is the gospel? The gospel very plainly is this. The birth, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. And we are told if anyone preaches another gospel, that is an accursed thing. There is no other gospel. There is only one. And that's what happens with people like Dan Brown and all of these boys who pick up these Gnostic writings and start telling you all this nonsense about who Jesus was. There's no gospel in those Gnostic writings. There is no gospel in them. Gospel of Thomas, gospel of Philip. There is no gospel in them. They're not, they're called gospels wrongly. The gospel is the birth, the life, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and who he is. That is what I will defend. That there is no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved born of a virgin as prophesied by the prophets, living that spotless life, fit as the only one who could offer the sacrifice for sins once and for all delivered to the saints, as it were, rises again from the dead for our justification, and there remaineth no more a sacrifice for sins. That is the gospel. That is the gospel we believe in. Now, uh, um, across the table, you might want to peel away and uh, try and find out whether the, there is an univocal usage of the language there. Is there whatever it is? You, can, you have to do that, but you can do that with love and understanding and respect. That's key. I am not for adversarial relationships with those who disagree with me. I am not for that. You do not reach people by yelling and screaming and condemning. You, do, you talk to one another in a civil way and try to find out differences. All of my relatives and friends back home are either Hindu or Buddhist or Muslim. And yet I have the finest friendships with them and yet not one of them is under any illusion what I believe, which is very different to theirs. So this is the gospel and we can, uh, we are open to debate on that. Now, what about the more profound aspect of the doctrine of the Trinity? You know, I really believe, as C.S. Lewis believes and uh, other believed and others do, that the doctrine of the Trinity is either the most bizarre notion ever concocted by a handful of fishermen, or else it's the most profound truth in the scriptures. I am absolutely convinced of the latter. It is the most profound truth conveyed to us in the scriptures. C.S. Lewis gives us a and in this kind of thing, when you're dealing with, you know, people like Immanuel Kant and all of those told us there are many contradictions of, of ideas we have to wrestle with, time. You know, how do you wrestle between time and eternity? How do you rest de determine between the idea of a soul and a body? How do you differentiate between these things? We go on a basis of what we don't know by what we do know. And Lewis gave us this brilliant illustration as a backdrop. He said, when you take one dimension of life, you can get a straight line. You move from left to right or right to left or up to down or down to up. You've got one dimension. Now, if you add two dimensions, horizontal and vertical, he says, now you don't just get lines, you get figures. You can draw a square, you can draw a triangle, you've got, you've, got a, you've got a figure now. He said, but you add a third dimension, now you've got objects and you've got depth. But he says, don't ever forget that with each added dimension, the basic dimension still remains intact. So you've just added more. You've still got straight lines or lines that are building this box and building this object. And with each dimension added, 
you add the possibility of complexity without losing the simplicity in the process. I believe if you take an uncaused being who is eternal, you take an infinite being who lives beyond time, you take one who is the creator of the universe, you have added so many different dimensions to finitude that it is not at all impossible for him to be one in one sense and three in another sense. Where you've got a being in relationship. The, the creeds right from the beginning tell us that he was one being manifested in, in, the, in the three persons of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They were not three beings. You end up in a polytheistic framework then, and the philosophical ramifications of that are horrendous. It tells us this, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The son is not born. The child is born. The son is given because the son eternally existed. Said before Abraham was, I am. It is impossible for Jesus to not be. He has always existed. So I say to you, one being in three persons is a very sacred disclosure of God himself because he reminds us in the scriptures so clearly that you cannot, you ought not to grieve the spirit, which means the spirit is a person. And it tells us that I and my father are one. There is a unity in the complexity and the community of the Trinity. Jesus the Son, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. One being, three persons in the Godhead. The simplicity of personality in the complexity of being. Without diminishing the minute, you reach the top. The fishermen knew the difference between three and one. And they were Hebrews. The Lord our God is Ahad. One. It is a plurality of majesty that is used there. That one being is revealed to us in the New Testament. This is not a polytheistic belief. That's what the Muslims like to attack in the Christian faith. We are not polytheists. We are monotheists and God is being in relationship. That would be my answer to you. Thank you very much. And let me just say this. <clears throat> Thank you. I just want to say thank you very much for coming and giving us this opportunity. I know many of you come from a different worldview. You come from a different faith. We recognize that. And uh, my desire is that in presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ to accomplish just one thing. I ask you to take the Bible and read it and see what it says there about who God is, who you are, and then measure it by what you believe or by what I believe. If what you believe is in keeping with the scriptures, you're on the path of truth. If what you and I believe contradicts the scriptures, then we head in the path of error. It doesn't matter what tag we put on an empty bottle. The tags don't mean anything. What matters is, if you abide in my word, then you are my disciples, for then you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And this is where he gives us the truth. If you'd like to purchase a copy of this Q&A series, call us at 1-800-448-6766. 
and ask for the CD titled Weber State Q&A. And to order online, visit our website at rzim.org or rzim.ca for those in Canada. How does a man born in India become a world-renowned Christian apologist and philosopher? Ravi Zacharias tells in his highly acclaimed book, Walking from East to West. Looking at it both from the Eastern perspective and the Western perspective and what truly happens to a heart when Christ transforms all of your hopelessness into His hope and His meaning. You can buy a copy of Walking from East to West at rzim.org. I'm Jo Vitale, and like you, I've had a lot of questions about the world, questions of science and sexuality, questions of identity and intellect, questions of history and of the heart. We're in a world where we're surrounded by questions, and so often it feels like the church is a place where people flee from their questions, and in turn, I think many of our young people are fleeing the church. So if you're someone who is struggling with questions, then here at RZIM, we want to give you a space where you can bring your questions and that space is our podcast called Ask Away. You can send us your questions by email to askaway at rzim.org or by using the hashtag AskRZIM on Twitter. And be sure to listen to episodes of Ask Away on our website or on iTunes. Just Thinking is a listener-supported radio ministry and is furnished by Robbie Zacharias International Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. 